Well, Razorback fans, it's game day eve, and we're going to get into our Petrino primer as we get you ready for tomorrow's game against Missouri State. Also, give our final predictions and go around the SEC. See if there's any more potential upsets going on in this conference. Coming up on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 103.7thebuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Head over to Bet Online, where the game starts. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Friday as you have finally made it to the point in time where it's exciting to finally have a game in front of you. Game three for the Razorbacks. You're sitting at 2-0. You're 1-0 in the SEC. You're the number 10 team in the country. And honestly, that's not going to change this weekend as far as you, you know, being undefeated and all. You're going to be 3-0. and And you're also still going to be a top 10 team. I don't know how much you're going to move into the top 10. Like maybe that'll depend on what happens in front of you. And who knows? Maybe some SEC teams will be like that. But either way, you're going to be playing Missouri State. And I can't think of a time where you have had more people talking about your game and the uh, a game against an FCS opponent than probably ever. Like, I would love to know if there's been a more anticipated, a more interesting, a more storyline-driven game between an SEC team and an FCS team ever. And it's kind of sad because it has really nothing to do with the teams. It just has to do with the fact that it's the return of Bobby Petrino. That's the uh, overall mainstay of it all. But the thing is, is that as as much as I love Petrino and as much of a great coach that he is, like all these factors are, are 100% true. Arkansas is just so much more of a better team. They have more talent. Uh, they're, they're, they're more physical. They're just, they should, like Arkansas should go into this game and honestly win fairly easily. Now, does that mean they'll win 50 to nothing? No, but I don't think that'll ever be in doubt when I say it, they'll win pretty easily. Like the 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 lead that they'll have will never be in doubt. The game will never be in doubt. And I just like Arkansas has not trailed once so far this year, and I don't think it's going to happen in this game either. Uh, but we'll talk about actual like final predictions and everything later in the show. But the uh, main thing that I wanted to discuss, of course, is dealing with you know the return of Petrino and and you playing an FCS team and just how how wild it is where, you know, if this game was played a few years ago, you probably would lose this game or at least, uh, you know, feel not feel very strongly about it. But now here you are. And not only do you feel like you're going to just go in and, and take care of business, but uh, everybody else knows it and believes it. And I think the team definitely does as well. So they have a lot of things in front of them where they, they can see this game as being something that they can really take care of business in the early part of it, which is just a great feeling. It's a great feeling to have because Arkansas hasn't had that for so long. Uh, but it's the Petrino angle that for him coming in. And I did a whole thing on why I'm going to root for him or cheer for him, I should say, when he comes into Fayetteville. And I know that there's a lot of kids and everything getting neck braces, which is whatever. That's fine. I don't care. Like some people are mad about it. Some people are not mad about it. Do it if you want, I guess. But um, I think you're probably going to get tired of wearing that neck brace as the game just goes on. So I don't know how long you'll actually be wearing it. But either way. Uh, the return of him is is also just kind of shows, you know, 
the change in college football and then the change in your football program itself, where you're 10 years removed from when Bobby Petrino was the head coach, you know, there was a there was a time where you never felt like you would get out of that rut, never felt like you would get out of the, the purgatory, if you will, of what Arkansas football had become because of Petrino leaving. It always felt like that. But now with Sam Pittman at the helm, you know, you're getting it back going at a high level. You know, people are really starting to believe in you and starting to think that you could be a, a team that's uh, a force to be reckoned with in the SEC, not only this year, but maybe for years to come. Like, there's just a lot of those things going on where it just feels like it, it's the perfect time. It's the perfect time for you to take that next step. And, you know, the thing like what Arkansas has done with Pittman is, you know, with Petrino, when he had success, when Petrino had a high level of success, it was a certain way. Like he had it, you know, as a, as a quarterback guru and as a high offensive mind as a, and, and as a militant, like, personality. That's how he went about it, and that's how he had success, and that's how he won games. But there's different ways to skin a cat, and I think you're seeing that with Arkansas. There's different ways to win here at Arkansas compared to what some may think. You know, there's always been this idea when hiring coaches and having coaches uh, as part of your program, it's like, well, it's got to be an Arkansas guy. You know, he has to understand Arkansas, which, yeah, there is an element to that, but it doesn't mean that he has to be from Arkansas. Like Sam Pimmons not from Arkansas. Nolan Richardson was not from Arkansas. Biotrino was not from Arkansas. You know, uh, Merrick Musselman's not from Arkansas. Like these people are not from Arkansas, but yet they can still understand it and buy into it, buy into the culture, buy into what's going on and find the success in that regard. And that's okay. But, you know, you don't have to have an Arkansas guy or you don't have to have, well, I want a coach that is, a, you know, an offensive guru. I had coach, he has to be an offensive minded coach or a coach that, uh, you know, you think about, well, I want a coach that's a good manager of, of assistant coaches. Like, you want somebody like that to go along to it, too. <coughs> Man, yeah, dry throat already. Getting all choked up talking about Petrino. <coughs> but either way, it's like there's different ways to have coaches in there. And if you're a coach that has had success no matter where you've been and you're going to have success at a place like Arkansas, it's kind of just going to be, something to where you can do it different ways. Sam Pittman and Bobby Petrino have proven, both proven that. Petrino has his way. Sam Pittman has his way. And honestly, when the more you do these things, the more you have these coaches come in and, and you know address the success that they have and let them kind of be the way that they want to be it, there's not one way of doing it. <clears throat> and a place like Arkansas, there's not one way to be a great coach. You just got to be a great coach. And always goes back to the people. We talk about the people that we want to think that is going to be the guys and the coaches that are going to be great. You think about them, you think about the job that they do, and you're just hoping that, you know, they put it all together at a place like Arkansas and they buy into it all. Like Brett Bielma being in Illinois, like I don't, he's not like, I, he's not going to be uh, better. He's not going to be great at Illinois. And the only reason he was great at Wisconsin is because he had the, the setup and the format and it was kind of the Barry Alvarez angle and everything like that. But you can kind of see the writing on the wall with that. But guys like Petrino are going to be successful pretty much everywhere they go. Not to say that they won't have a crashing and burning situation like he's had, but there's going to be level success. And Pittman, even though this is going to be his last job here at Arkansas, if he wanted to move on, I don't doubt that he would have a lot of success wherever he ended up going in the next step. So 
The point is, is that coaches can do things differently. Coaches approach the game differently. They can have success in different ways. And Sam Pittman is proving that with his situation with Arkansas. And Bobby Petrino has proven that with his situation when he was at Arkansas. You know, even Houston Nutt, the dude had no X's and O's at all. Like one of the worst play callers you'll ever see and most uh, unimaginative offensive minds. But he did have a motivating factor where he'd get guys to play hard and play up for him. And so there's different ways to do it. But I'm happy with the situation now. And I wanted to clarify that because some people were asking me about it on the podcast when I was talking about Petrino when I said I was going to cheer for him. I'm happy with Sam Pittman. I could not be happier with Sam Pittman. Like, I love the man. I think it's going to be great. And I think he's going to be able to, to maintain success here at Arkansas and build a solid foundation and everything. Like, I believe that. But that doesn't mean that I can't still also look back on the Bobby Petrino years as a positive. Something I enjoyed, something I appreciated, and something that I'll always, uh, you know, think back and be nostalgic about because it was so much fun back then. But you can still do both. You can still love what's going on with Sam Pittman and still enjoy what Petrino had to offer. But it's just nice to know that, you know, 10 years removed from that, even though there's been some heartache, especially for Razorback fans, some bad times and, and all of that, it's just nice to be able to look back on and say, you know what? Those were great times, but we got great times ahead of us too. We're living in right now in a great time. Don't always have to constantly wonder about what could have been, what should have been. Why can't we get back to that point? We're living in a moment right now to where suddenly those years back in 2010 and 2011, as fun as they may have been, they're not the ones that we always yearn for. We're actually yearning for the future. Because you can't wait to see what it holds with Sam Pittman at the helm for the Razorback football team. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest sports and league developments, game matchup, news and podcasts, and all the games this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions over at Bet Online, where the game starts. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so moving on into around the SEC for Arkansas. Um or around the SEC, including Arkansas, I should say, for this weekend of games. Honestly, it's kind of a bummer. There's not a whole lot of great games going on. I mean, it's I'm not saying that every week we got to have three or four top 25 matchups because I think that's just asking a lot. But um, there are some ones that are pretty intriguing, especially with some of the spreads and the lines and, and everything like that. And so uh, we know Arkansas and Missouri State uh, and what they got going on. In fact, Arkansas, according to um, – According to Vegas, doesn't even have a line on board right now, or at least on uh, according to ESPN.com. I think they do, though. I think it was like favored by, I think, like 35 points or something like that. But anyways, maybe it got taken off. But still, uh, uh, that we already know about that game. The other games that are going on, the 11 a.m. game with Georgia and South Carolina, which we know a little bit about uh, both of those teams. Uh, we had to play Georgia last year. I know it's a different team, but Georgia's really freaking good. And South Carolina just got done playing them. This game's in williams Bryce Stadium in Columbia, South Carolina. Georgia's favored by 25 points in this game. And 
honestly, the over-under set at 55, I got in on it with the oh, taking the over at 52 because South Carolina's got some players hurt. Like I, I'm a kind of I'm kind of scared of what George is probably going to end up doing to South Carolina. Like George is stupid good. Like they may be just as good as what they were last year. At least they've looked like it in the first couple of games. And South Carolina, they can't block at all. And they're not really physical at all. And Georgia is really physical and really speedy and really skilled, really talented. So I just have no doubt that Georgia is just going to absolutely destroy South Carolina on their home field. I just get that vibe. I got that feeling. Um, and they're going to continue to trek. So I took the over at, at 52. Now it's at 55, and I'm glad I got in on it when I did. But, yeah, that that one I don't even think – there's no upset alert. Georgia's going to roll South Carolina. Just not even make it even close. It's going to be nasty. Uh, Kentucky plays Youngtown State. Who cares? It's 11 a.m. Uh, Missouri plays Abilene Christian, which, by the way, we didn't talk enough about it. Missouri got their taints handed to them by Kansas State on the road. All right? 40 to 12. They lost to Kansas State 40 to 12. And I could not be happier. And it's not that it's like, oh, well, you hate Missouri because they're a rival. No, I hate Missouri because they're annoying. Like Eli Drink, which thinks he's like the, the funniest, coolest, skilled guy. Like he's like that. Like he reminds me, I don't know if anybody remembers that kid in high school or whatever, where, you know, you had kind of like the cool group or the popular group of kids. But there was always that kid that would kind of sit in the corner and mimic whatever they're doing. So that way people could think he's really cool, too. That's kind of how I view Eli Drinkwitz, where he's not really part of the group, but he just tries to like make everyone think he's part of the group by acting funny and acting cool and stuff like that. And he's really not. So he's just a dude, a goober. Um, but uh, I don't know who knows. Maybe Missouri loses that game. That would be really funny. Uh, Ole Miss plays Georgia Tech in, uh, in Atlanta. Ole Miss is actually favored by, by 17 in this game. I don't know. Like uh, Georgia Tech lost to Clemson 41 to 10. They beat Western Carolina 35-17. I may be liking Georgia Tech with that 17. I'm not saying Georgia Tech would win. But being favored on the road by two and a half touchdowns against a Power 5 opponent is a lot. And honestly, Ole Miss has got a situation where they can't really figure out what's going on at quarterback. So, I don't know, man. Like, the over-under set at 63 and a half. Sure you got a high scoring, it may be. But 17 points is a lot. I still think Ole Miss probably wins it, but uh, I think that'll be a pretty – Pretty uh, interesting game in 17. Eh, I don't know if I'm going to take that. Uh, Auburn and Penn State. Now, this is the game that's on uh, at 2.30 uh, on CBS. So, of course, you know why. Because CBS is going to the Big Ten and you got Auburn and the SEC and all that stuff. And either way, uh, this is what's crazy. Penn State's 2-0 on the season. They're 22nd ranked team. They're going to Auburn. And the over-under is set at 48. Ew. And... Penn State is favored by a field goal on the road. I am going to prob that over under is dicey because that's I think this is going to be a horribly low scoring game. But I do think I don't know. I feel like every time I want to pick Penn State, they end up disappointing. I may pick Auburn in this one. I think Auburn might beat Penn State. I, I just James Franklin, I feel like there's any time that he feels like he's gets some momentum, he can't get it done. And I'm not saying Auburn's good, but I don't know. I, I just feel like when people start really believing in Penn State and start thinking Penn State's going to win this game, usually means that Arkansas or uh, Auburn will probably take care of business. So uh, I'll probably take uh, I'll probably take Auburn in this one. Uh, Vanderbilt, Northern Illinois. Who cares? Even though Northern Illinois is favored by two and a half, 
And they're playing at Northern Illinois. Vanderbilt, what you doing, man? Why are you playing at Northern Illinois? You should know better than that. Alabama and UL and Monroe. Alabama is favored by 49 and a half points in this game. Okay. I'm not touching it. I don't care. Alabama's going to roll them because they're going to be pissed off for that poor performance that they had against Texas. So uh, thoughts and prayers, T's and P's up to UL Monroe. Uh, LSU and it's Mississippi State. This one is a very intriguing game for so many different reasons, mainly due to the fact that, you know, Mississippi State, people are thinking that they're really good because they've looked pretty good in the early going. Mike Leach is now in his third year. Uh, they had some success. They've kind of been that team that's perennial, been, you know, seven and five, eight and four. It's kind of what you're going to expect out of Mike Leach team. And LSU, as we knew, no, uh, did not look great in their first game and have some pretty serious issues. But this game is in Death Valley at night, technically. And Mississippi State's favored by two and a half points. Don't see that very often. I like Mississippi State, though. I think Mississippi, I think LSU is really going to have a bad time this year. I think LSU is really going to have some issues. They're going to constantly be, uh, struggling against uh, more physical teams, uh, more talented teams, more uh, more better coach teams. And I just think that with uh, Brian Kelly, he's he's a coach that is going to have that bad transitional period in the SEC, like what Brett Bielema did. Now, I'm not saying they're going to go 3-9, 0-8. Maybe they do. But I think I think that that's just going to be a wake-up call to uh, to uh, Mississippi State or to LSU and Brian Kelly with getting into the SEC that this ain't Notre Dame anymore. You know, you may have LSU with all the amenities and everything, but you got to bring it each and every week. And I think Mississippi State wins this one on the road. Tennessee plays Akron, 47 and a half points for Tennessee. Okay, fine. Tennessee, like, I like Tennessee. They, they've, they've shown themselves to be pretty good, but it's like, I don't know. Some people are saying that they're like the second or third best team in the SEC right now. And I'm like, okay, why? Because they beat a ranked pit team on the road in overtime? Nah, that floor. Florida Tennessee game next weekend. That's going to show a lot. That'll show a lot. Can't wait to see that. Uh, let's see. Also, uh, South Florida and Florida. Uh, I mean, that one doesn't really do anything for me, but the big one that a lot of people are going to be watching, myself included, because I can't wait to see uh, how it all goes down. Miami and Texas AM. Now, Miami is a number 13 team in the country. And Texas A&M, of course, had the really bad loss to App State over the weekend. They dropped to 24th. They were 6th. Now they're 24th. Uh, this game is in College Station. It's at 8 p.m. Ooh, so it's going to be a late one there on ESPN. Uh, A&M's favored by 6.5 points in this. Uh, I saw that stat, though, that got thrown around by Han uh, about Haynes Keene. And I was shook by this. Max Johnson may end up taking over at the quarterback position if they continue to have issues, especially in this game against Miami. Maybe it'll be different against Arkansas. But I saw this stat, and I, don't, I can't remember if I read it, but I'll read it to you guys now. Haynes King was 13 of 20 for 97 yards in the lost app state. Pretty terrible. But here's what's even crazier. He was under pressure only three of his 24 dropbacks and did not get blitzed once by app state. So. He had that terrible game with like no passing yards, no no yard, uh, passes over 20 yards, any of that, without getting blitzed once and having no pressure. Doesn't really show, bode well for him. So that's going to be the key about this game is if Haynes King, you know, is he going to be the guy that's going to roll out there and do some good things for, uh, for Texas A&M? I don't know. If I'm Miami, I'll be like, hey, let's just send four and step back. See what he does, because obviously 
He can't even make the throws. It doesn't matter if he has pressure or not. He can't make the throws. He can't do anything there. So, uh, but in that game though, I it's tough. I like Texas AM. I kind of want it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like if, if you have Texas AM winning, then you feel a little bit better because then it's like, okay, well, then we get them at a better shot and they'll be a top 25 team when we play them next week. So maybe you feel better about that. But if Texas AM loses, the wheels could start falling off. And you could catch them at that time, but that may make them more dangerous because they're back into a corner. You know, there's a lot of different elements to that. But uh, overall, I get I, I'm rooting for Miami to win, but I think Texas A&M will win. I, I think Texas A&M bounces back. So, but there you have it. There's around the SEC. Tension, all of you cleaning and food service professionals. Brady Industries has been pioneering the way solutions that are delivered to you, the cleaning and food service community, since 1947. Brady is new to the Arkansas community as of 2019, but the company has decades of experience serving more than 25,000 customers all over the country. There's one guy you need to call who can take care of all of your food service and janitorial needs, and his name is Aaron Smith. A great guy and a great Razorback fan. From cleaning chemicals to food service and amenity products, Aaron at Brady Industries has what you need. Aaron takes pride in providing ex exceptional value and service to all of his customers. And he offers expertise and innovative solutions to meet even the toughest of challenges that you may be going through. So call Aaron and he'll help you get the best value for your facility and for your food service budget. Call Aaron Smith at Brady Industries at 501-424-8837 or you can visit supplies.bradyindustries.com to browse all that they have to offer. And if you mention that you heard about him on Locked On Razorbacks, he'll take an additional 15% off. Because he loves Razorback fans, he loves being a part of this podcast, and he wants to help everybody out. That's just kind of the not guy he is. So call Aaron Smith over at Brady Industries, 501-424-8837. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, uh, getting into our final predictions here for the uh, Razorbacks and, and Missouri State and, and all of that. Um, I, and, you know, this one's not as fun to predict, I feel like, just because in, in game one and game two, game one, you're going up against Cincinnati, a top 25 team. There's a lot of uncertainty there. Game two against South Carolina, an SEC game, you know, there's more to it. But here it's like, okay, you're just going up against a Petrino coached uh, game against Missouri State. So. Uh, here's my thing. I, my, my, here's what I want. Let me put it this way. Here's what I want to see before I get into my predictions. Here's what I want to see. I want to see backups in this game. I want to see a KJ get out of the game, you know, midway through the second half, maybe at fourth quarter. I want KJ out. I want Rocket Sanders out. I want, you know, those, some of those wide receivers out. I'd like to see some of the offensive line guys getting in on defense. I know you're not as uh, deep there, but, you know, D-line is going to be rotating in and out in it as it is. But maybe see some more linebackers there. You're kind of thin on secondary, so maybe you can't do that. But I just want to see, you know, have no problems and have complete and total comfortability in a team, in the second team coming in and taking the game the rest of the way. I want to see Malik Horns be a quarterback. I want to see, uh, you know, Dubinian kind of be a, a lead guy back there at the running back position, too. I want to see if Malik can throw the ball to some of these guys. You know, will we see Isaiah Centania, who we've heard so much about? What about Quincy McAdoo? You know, some of these true freshmen. Can we hear from them? Uh, you know, I want to see that. And I know that that's always easier said than done. 
I get it, but it's something that I feel like if we get to that point, we'll feel pretty good about it too. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, honestly, I think Arkansas wins this game going away. I really do. I think uh, Arkansas maybe is going to be the more physical team. I think that there's going to be issues with, and like they're going to look good, better in the passing game because I think that they're going to get pressure on Shelly, the quarterback for Missouri State. I think that they're going to really do a good job of make, limiting the offensive options there where because Arkansas, like, Arkansas does an awesome job against the run. Like nobody's going to run the ball on them very effectively, but can they limit the passing? That's going to be the key. I think Missouri State is going to score. Like they are going to get points, but I don't think it's going to be enough because Arkansas's offense with KJ and Rocket, they're just they're going to do what they did against South Carolina and just run it down their throat. Be like, all right, line up, get after it, what you got. I think that they're going to do that from the get-go. I think they're just going to keep going and pounding the ball, pounding the ball, pounding the ball. And so I, I just think Arkansas wins this game going away, home for dinner, and moving on to 3-0 and by a final score, I will say 55-17. to 55-17, Arkansas gets the dub, and then they move on to face the Texas A&M Aggies with a lot on the line. And that's when the that's when the schedule gets real. That's when the schedule gets nasty. So start three and zero, quarter of the way through the season. Couldn't ask for more. Keep it moving, and let's hope for uh, hope for a great game, great atmosphere, and injury free. No injuries, none. Do not want that in this game either. Appreciate everybody listening into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast and iTunes on Google Play. You can also get on Twitter at Buzz John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel next Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. We will see you then.